promise, Lord, never again. But I also know that you know what a weak willed person I am. Don't regret this, Lord. I'm a wonderful person. Behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Rise, take the child and his mother and flee to Egypt and remain there till I tell you. For Herod is about to search for the child to destroy him. And he rose and took the child and his mother by night and departed to Egypt and remained there until the death of Herod. This was to, this was to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet out of Egypt, have I called my son. Then Herod, when he saw that he had been tricked by the wise men, was in a furious rage, and he sent and killed all the male children in Bethlehem and in all that region who were two years old or under, according to the time which he had ascertained from the wise men. Then was fulfilled what was spoken by the prophet Jeremiah. A voice was heard in Ramah, wailing and loud lamentation, Rachel weeping for her children. She refused to be consoled because they were no more. But when Herod died, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt, saying, Rise, take the child and his mother, and go to the land of Israel. For those who sought the child's life are dead. And he rose and took the child and his mother and went to the land of Israel. But when he heard that Archelaus reigned over Judea in the place of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there, and being warned in a dream, he withdrew to the district of Galilee. And he went and dwelt in a city called Nazareth that what was spoken by the prophets might be fulfilled. He shall be called the Nazarene. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. This is our gospel for this coming Sunday, the second Sunday uh, of Christmas or in Christmas or after Christmas. And this text is actually also the gospel text for the uh, Holy Innocence Day basically, which is, which is December 28th, where uh, following Christmas, we have these three successive days of, of sort of celebration in a sense. We have St. Stephen's Day, which is a celebration of the, the death, the, the murder of the first martyr, St. Stephen. And then we have St. John the Apostle Day, the 27th, where we, where we celebrate the, the writing and, and the work of the Apostle John, uh, which is also a day in which we bless wine, by the way, because of the story of the wedding of Cana. And so if you go to a more traditional Catholic church, for instance, people will bring their wine and it will be blessed by the priest. And then uh, the 28th is the Holy Innocence Day, the murder of the Holy Innocents which it's an interesting succession of stories there. But then for us in the uh, one-year lectionary that we're using from the Missouri Synod for, for this uh, coming liturgical year, this liturgical year that we are now in since the beginning of Advent, this is the story that we get for the second Sunday of Christmas, which is a Sunday that normally we do not celebrate. We've talked about this this week, almost this entire week. Normally, by the time we get to what would be the second Sunday, Christmas, we normally we either move Epiphany to that Sunday, which Epiphany is the 6th of January, or 
we will have it be the, the name of Christ Sunday, which is January 1st, or whatever the case may be, but we hardly ever celebrate the second Sunday of Christmas. So this is, is kind of a big deal for us. Uh, but at the same time, this is a text that we normally don't want to read. You know, in part, we have the, the story of the flight into Egypt, where, where we get this beautiful picture of God using fatherhood, for instance, to protect his son, where he takes Joseph, who, who uh, for, for us would be the patron saint of fathers, who he does his work even for a child that is not his own to protect that child, to do what he can to protect that child so that God's promise might be fulfilled. And then we get this wonderful picture. They, they go down to Egypt and then it's told that uh, a prophecy is fulfilled. What is that prophecy? Out of Egypt I've called my son, which comes out of Hosea 11, which uh, when Hosea was writing this, he was hearkening back to God's redemption of the people of Israel during the Exodus out of, out of Egypt. Well, for us at the same time, we can read that and say, okay, in Christ comes fulfillment. That Christ is the fulfillment of all things. All things that God has done, Christ is a fulfillment of. And because of that, uh, we, we see in the Israelites, for instance, a waiting. They're, they're waiting for God's fulfillment of his promises, God's fulfillment of these things. And at the same, in the same way, that is for us as, as Christians, we are waiting. We are constantly in Advent. We, we look around the world and we see that the world is not a utopia. We see that sin still exists, that death still exists, even though we're told that the forgiveness of sins is proclaimed in Jesus' name throughout all the world and that death died the day he rose from the grave, and yet we wait for the complete fulfillment of that when Christ returns. And so every time, especially as we read in Matthew constantly, this was to fulfill the prophecy spoken by whoever that might be. We have to remember that the Israelites were waiting for many, many years for the fulfillment of their prophecies, and now we wait for the fulfillment of ours. Well, they go down to Egypt, and uh, Herod gets mad because the wise men from the east, these Gentiles, did not do what he asked. So he takes matters into his own hands, and he goes and he kills quite a number of people. And we can talk about how that's a perfect picture of how sin is way worse than we think it is. Sin is not good, uh, which is a dumb moment, right? But it's not just some mistake or, or a missing of the mark. It's a horrible, dreadful thing. It's a disease that... that captures us, that places us into bondage, which is why when we make our confession in church, we say that we confess that we are in bondage to sin and we cannot free ourselves, that we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, as we confess to the Lord our own inadequacies. Well, here we have Herod being the absolute picture of that, the picture, I think, of the sinner. The sinner does not want to be usurped. The sinner does not want to lose his, his or her power. The sinner wants to retain whatever it is that they can in order to be strong. And so Herod takes matters into his own hands. He's going to kill this baby future king, this king of the Jews, because he always wanted to be the king of the Jews, even though he wasn't Jewish. But in that, we see another fulfillment of prophecy spoken through Jeremiah, which uh, we have to understand in prophecy that it's a dual thing. 
that when Jeremiah spoke those words, it was dealing with exile. Here it's dealing with Christ. And it's dealing with the murder of the first martyrs, the proto-martyrs, the young children killed. And in that same way, though, it's this picture of the reason why Christ came. The murder of those children is why Christ came. To bring redemption and forgiveness of sins, but also to bring resurrection. That the text that comes out of Jeremiah 31, where we get this, a voice was heard in Ramah, wailing and loud lamentation. The next verse says, stop your wailing and your loud lamentation because God is going to come and do something. God is going to raise the dead, for instance. And so even in this dreadful story, in this dreadful prophecy, we have God fulfilling his promises. That's what we have to hold on to, church. We have to realize that in Christ is the fulfillment of all things. In Christ is the fulfillment of what we need to have take place for us. If we seek it somewhere else, we're going to find ourselves agonizing. We're going to find ourselves completely uh, out of our, our depths as far as what we can or, or cannot uh, handle. We're going to find ourselves uh, angry because we're going to look at the world and we're going to see things not the way that they're supposed to be. And yet what we find in Christ is that he opens up a new future for us so that this current status quo will be gone, but something new will come in him, and that is what we hold on to. So Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. I hope you have a blessed uh, remainder of this week and this weekend. Stay safe, and we'll see you with the new year with some new leadings. Uh, But with that, go in peace. Serve the Lord. Let us pray. O God, our Father, who by the birth and infancy of thy Son didst sanctify and bless childhood, we commend to thy love of all children and beseech thee to protect them from every hurt and harm and to lead them to the knowledge of thyself and the obedience of thy will. To the same Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with thee in the Holy Spirit, one God, world without end. Amen. Again, go in peace. Serve the Lord. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year.